Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, a place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good morning. And together we hope to educate, inspire, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment. Today's episode is going to be an encouragement for everyone starting this school year. Mm. Today I'm talking specifically for homeschooling parents. Although some of this might trickle into those who I don't I think it's homeschool. both. I think there's some both factors here. For sure. So um, this is a very timely episode. Some of you might have started school last week. Some of you might be starting in the coming weeks. And whether or not you've already gone back to school or not, your head has probably been in school mode since August 1st, mm. if we're being honest. Some or maybe of you, it hasn't. Or maybe it hasn't. And this is why this episode is going to be an encouraging. Maybe this is your green light to go ahead and start planning. Go ahead and buy that curriculum that you need, mm-hmm. whatever you need. Anyways, we hope that this episode is not only um, a little bit just of a challenge and an encouragement in a way to make the most of your homeschool year, but also just gives you like a piece of calm and excitement. I want everyone, all the parents entering school, the school year to be not dreading it or like, oh, this is just another year. Here we go. Because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard work. Um, but I hope at that at the end of this conversation, everyone's excited. So where do we kick it off with? Let's start with this idea of looking at time as a as a homeschooling kind of unit, less in this day to day and more of a it's better to look at homeschooling from like a thousand foot view. Yeah, I and, love this. And not like more so granular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I have really found helpful when I'm planning either planning out my week of schooling with my kids or if I am just in the middle of the week and in kind of having a rough day. I find it really helpful to zoom out and look at the whole seven days, okay? Because it's the same thing we've even talked about with nourishment. Sometimes our kids have a bad day and they like got, you know, half the protein they should have or Mm -hmm. they ate way too many sweets. And it's like, hey, what if you zoomed out and you viewed your kid's nourishment through a week? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and you had more of a balanced approach. It gives you more time to stretch your goals and aspirations across. And the same thing is true for school. So if you are like, we're waking up Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., hitting the books, doing that, that is totally fine. And if that works for your schedule, that's great. But there might be a part of your week that is unexpected. And one of the beauties of homeschooling, if you keep your schedule open, is to have some flexibility. So mm-hmm. say a need pops up with a family member or an opportunity pops up to go do something really, really cool. Well, you want to be able to say, yeah, you know what? Normally we do math from 9 to 10, but um, today we're going to do something different. And you can either reallocate that math time or you can um, put it off to another day. It's so easy to have a day go by where you don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. So easy. And I just feel like that needs to be said. Yeah. Because there's so many people out there that are like, I could never homeschool. I can't do this every single day. Well, guess what? There is, There are economies of scale. There are efficiencies, major efficiencies that come with homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So if you think that this this system of public school has laid that, that they have laid out for us is the way to do school, that is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> That is ridiculous and wrong. It's ridiculous and wrong. It, it just straight up. And the reason I say that is because they are they are doing good things in public school systems, but 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 they are dealing with the fact that they are teaching 20, 30, maybe smallest classes of fifteen kids simultaneously all at once. Yeah. So they need to have s- subject for subject to subject to subject 
you know, long day of school, break for lunch, go back to subjects, recess, recess like library, gym time. All this stuff has to happen because they're 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 teaching at scale. They have a, vo- a higher volume of kids. When it's just you and your kid, wow, you do not have to do that. Mm-hmm. If that works well for your kid, that's what they like, and that's what you like. Great, but if you miss a day in homeschooling, uh, and and there's a there's a there's a a little like trick that I learned as a kid growing up, but also with our family lately that has been helpful for this. And that's doing co- like regular progress updates. N- not This is not just academic either. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that you have to do a progress update just for academics. Hey, where's my kid in math? Where's my kid, you know, how, how are they performing in reading? How are, how are, how is he or she performing in writing? How is he or she performing in um, et cetera, right? That's all good. And you probably should be doing that. You probably should be identifying where your kid is performing and how you can be leaning in to help them. Mm-hmm. But there's also other things that we've identified that this helps with that you can manage and, and, and work on with, um, with homeschooling. And that's this idea of, you know, we, we, we saw this play out with like potty training or with like, there's other skills and things that you should be teaching your kids and you, you can be using this, I'm going to call it quote unquote school time to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Totally. Um, and so progress updates help you identify kind of where we are, where do we need to lean in. And maybe, you know what, maybe 30 minutes a day of reading is needed because we're, we're getting a little behind. But then you get to the math book and it's like, dude, we, we are not behind on math mm-hmm. or vice versa. And, and it allows you to lean into subjects that... Um, your kid, your kids are naturally having a little more trouble with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, hey, you miss a day. It's okay mm-hmm. because a week from now or a month from now, you're going to do a little progress update and be like, you know what? We're way behind in X, Y, Z. Well, get them there. Yeah. There, there is no like weird time limit where you are going to run out of time to teach your kid how to do math. There isn't. I, I think the other really cool thing too is like the, the idea of a grade level is totally made up. I know totally made up and i remember kind of panicking about this because i really find that our kids thrive if we push like really really formal academics as close to the age of seven as possible Mm -hmm. those four five and six year olds are just ready to play Mm -hmm. and hang out and experience life with you they do not need to be learning how to hold a pencil or trace a letter they don't they just frankly don't need it and that's kind of been that was always kind of where I was leaning towards, but then that's been kind of confirmed in some of the stuff I've been like just reading in different books and things. And I remember sitting down at our homeschool evals, like, hey, you know, like I had to like say which year I was homeschooling when I submitted the letter to our local school district. And the teacher I was sitting down with was like, no, 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 they just go off of birth date. Like you can float through grade levels as much as you want. So for example, for one of our children, we're doing one grade level of reading curriculum for next year and then a higher grade level for math for next year. And that's not saying like, oh, she's behind in reading or she's ahead in math. It's just where she is. This concept of like, oh, we're not in second grade curriculum, but you know, my kid is eight or mm-hmm. nine. It's kind of made up. 
it's again, it goes back to like this whole, where do we think kids should be progressing at what age? And there's a lot of complexity. But there. having some standardized system helps. Oh, totally. It, it, like to have an idea of like, where is everybody else can help you? I measure the success of what you're doing in some capacity. So I want to But here's I, I my point. Like, if you're measuring your success and you're like, hey, my kid is consistently falling in this bracket and this grade level, but maybe they're six months uh, um, older than people that might be in that, that's okay. Totally. You can move through that. Mm-hmm. And the last point on this whole measuring your school year, your time is like Saturdays and Sundays are open. Mm-hmm. They're fair game. Totally. If you work full time, if your spouse works full time, if you guys work mornings and you need to do school in the evenings, like you can do whatever you want. There's no school hours and you don't have to plan your day with school hours. Mm-hmm. You can go from four to seven if you want, or from four to six, or you can go at three and then end at five. Totally. And get dinner rolling. I dig it. I dig that. So yeah, hey, instead of looking at your day by day, right? Look at your week. Look at your week. Look at your month. Look at your year. And zoom out a little bit. Look at your kid and be like, hey, where, where do I want them to be? Where do they need to be? What are some of the skills, some of the the lessons, some of the learnings they need to be making right now for their age right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, this moves us into, you know, we can, we can either talk critical subjects, and I'm kind of passionate about that. Yeah, let's we, get into that. Okay. Critical subjects. All right. This is, this is a hot Joey take. So this is not, you know gospel paul here but this, this is yeah this is uh i have i have lived enough life and and seen enough in different varying companies and businesses and things to have identified what i would call my joey's critical subjects okay um and and all subjects are critical based on career choice so let's let's call it as it is right if you are going to go into some kind of medical field a subject has now become critical that may have not otherwise been. But let's start with just the basic critical skills. Math. I find math to be a critical subject. What does that mean? That means that when you are making your assessment on a regular basis, see where my kid is, you want to ensure that they are picking up math concepts on a regular basis. Arithmetic, they want to be they want to be proficient in you know making change understanding money finance a kind of basic accounting so that they can be a successful person that can save money in the future uh, teaching your kids about like what it looks like to have income and taxes and like this sort of stuff in the future important you know early on in life addition subtraction now there are some things in math that are less important you're going to go through curriculum and you're going to have you know learning uh, um I can't, they can't, they aren't coming to my mind right now because I don't use them every day, right? But there are math operations that you will be teaching your kid and you'll be thinking to yourself, man, I got to relearn this. Long division, 100%. It's just like, you know what? Understanding how to divide using long division, I think helps conceptualize how to divide, but like there's even worse, in my opinion, things than that. Um, And so... What I look at my kids and say is I say, hey, you know what? You're probably not going to ever use this in life. And they immediately look at me like, well, then I shouldn't be doing it. And I say, well, no. The, the point here is to learn how to solve a problem and how to learn something on your own. Mm-hmm. Because learning how to learn something on your own is almost as important as, as math. And a lot of this is, is going gonna, is gonna to feed into that. So, so math, critical subject. Um, reading. Reading is a critical subject. You learn how to read. You now have the ability to teach yourself things. Mm-hmm. And like reading is probably the number one 
in my opinion. Yeah. Because you can, if you know how to read and you know how to read well, you now can learn math by buying a book that teaches you how to how to do math. Totally. Right. right? So reading, very, very critical. Um, don't need to really dig into that one too much more, I don't think. But man, everything that we, knowledge is, is wrapped up into reading. So reading, hypercritical. Um, th- this is the one where man, my kid just really struggles with reading and I'm not really good at teaching. This is the one where you hire a tutor. Yeah. Get your kid reading. Because it's a confidence thing. I had to go to like reading intervention in the fourth grade. And when my parents opened up that letter and told me, I bawled my eyes out and for years thought I was a bad reader. Wow. So just if you are hiring a tutor, like let them know like, hey, we're going to get you really squared away on this. We're going to build your confidence. This is going to be amazing. Because if you see adults that don't, that lack confidence in their reading abilities, it's it really is a barrier. Mm-hmm. really Re- is. Reading, critical, critical subject. So we've talked about math. We've talked about reading, writing, critical subject. Yeah. And what do I mean by writing? I mean like formulating thoughts in written form, whether that's typed or um, handwriting. I'm not saying they have to have outstanding handwriting. Quite frankly, they, they, your kids do not have to have impeccable handwriting. They just don't. So much stuff is typed these days. Being able to jot stuff down, yeah, that's important. Know how to do it. How, know how to sign your name. You know how to know how to write stuff out, handwritten. Yeah, that's important to an extent. So you can jot down some notes for yourself and read them. Yeah, that's good. But formulating thoughts that are compelling. In written form, emails, I know it sounds crazy, important. Essays help you learn the basics and the fundamentals for that. Mm-hmm. Writing is important. Mm-hmm. Kids need to learn how to write. They need to, they need to understand the, the power of taking thoughts and putting them into a readable format that can compel somebody to, to, to move. Um, if they can do that, awesome. And then guess what? The more they read, the more examples they're going to see on how things can be written and formulated and they're going to uh, sentence format, like punctuation, that stuff, all that writing. It's all writing. So punctuation, uh, you know, grammar, that kind of stuff, it's in writing. So when I say writing, that's what I mean. But the, the, the reason I say writing and not like, well, grammar too and spelling and, well, you know what? Do you make a spelling error? It's okay. Like you can you can get better at that. The end of the day is, is I want to have a guiding principle here that it's not grammar. If you are hyper-focused on grammar, you're missing the mark. Mm-hmm. You need to be hyper-focused on, can they convey a message in written form? If, if they can do that, then little things can be tweaked and refined. But the goal and the objective here is that your kid can can formulate a thought in written form and, and deliver it. Yeah. My final one. Drum roll. Math. Reading. Writing, and I always say this, public speaking, okay? We are not focused on this enough early on. Our kids are not learning how to communicate their thoughts well, um, especially to adults. It's one thing to, to communicate their thoughts to other kids, <laughs> but when you stand in front of other people that can understand what you're saying and you talk about it, very important, very important in life. Being able to to speak in public, being able to be confident in yourself, being able to be in a spot where you think, hmm, I can pause for a second, think about what I need to say here, and react, or, or I can have a question asked of me, I can I can formulate a response, and I can say it, and I can articulate it well. 
that is something that is learned, practiced, and refined. Public speaking is so important. Now, history, nice to have, in my opinion. Am I down on history? No. Like I'm I think history is great. History can be just something that you read because you're focused on reading. Yeah. <laughs> like if your kid is not a historian, that's okay. It's okay. Uh science, eh, you know? There are some things within science that yeah, th- those are good. Like understanding, you know, the basic chemical makeup of you know of soil and and photosynthesis and how plants grow and survive. Yeah, those those things can be really great and good to know, but you can learn those things because you know how to read. And if you need to know how to do those things, you can go look those things up, right? This problem-solving idea needs to be kind of laced within homeschooling. Hey, I don't know how to do this this math problem. Instead of walking over and saying, well, this is how you do it. You say, well, go back and read. Did, did, did the book tell you how to do it? And your kid's going to get really frustrated. They don't want to do that. That is the lesson they need to learn. Mm-hmm. Go back and read. Can you figure it out? And, and, and if they get it wrong, it's okay. Hey, you got that wrong. Let's try it again tomorrow. Take a break. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not let's not get super stressed about them not f- figuring it out. I mean, it's like kids don't get up and walk right away. It's it's all it's all the same for me. So math, reading, writing, and public speaking. Those are the critical ones. Those are the ones that I have found and I believe. And again, open to feedback. But to be a successful adult someday, I would say those are the those are the primaries. Mm-hmm. Those are the primaries, in my opinion. Now, a lot of things obviously feed into that. Everyone's going to say, well, grammar, obviously, because of writing. It's like, you know what? Not really. Writing, when I say writing, I mean, I have a thought that I can I can put into words on paper. Um, if it's all spelled right, you know, that'll come with time. There's spell checks. There's things that can help us. Let's lean into those sorts of technologies, not be super kind of anti them. But, you know, it's good to know how to do it. Um, so critical subjects. Anything to add there? No, I have a lot of, um, that's for academics specifically, like quote what we call like school time. I have a lot of extracurricular things that I feel passionate about. I agree. That I think we can benefit our children by, by So let's let's go beyond the books here. Beyond. So we've got, we've got the academics. I call it the critical subjects that we, when we do our kind of assessment, if you will, the progress update. But this progress update includes for us some of these beyond the books mm-hmm. kind of subjects. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you got? Well, number one, everyone knows is is cooking ability to have a skill set in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that is not some weird programming of daughters to learn how to make food for their family. If we someday. had sons, they'd be learning too. Yeah. I, honestly, I say the best attribute about you is that you're a male who can cook. That's how I got married. It's, it's actually not your best feature, but it's, it's a good one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, humans need to know how to feed themselves Mm -hmm. i'm really tired of looking at adults who say like i don't know how to do anything i'm like yes you do (laughs) you do (laughs) so that's been really just a natural part of our schooling ever since we did first grade Mm -hmm. and this is our we're walking into our seventh year so we're not like veterans we've never graduated a kid um but you were homeschooled and i feel like you turned out pretty well so we're here we're we're here um, so kitchen skills, um, everything from, you know, baking is fun, you make muffins, whatever, but like, no, no, no. How do you create a balanced meal? A perfect example. Yesterday we made dinner and Sophie didn't want the burgers that we were cooking. Mm-hmm. She's on like a burger, like strike. She like won't eat ground burger for some, like in burger form. She'll make spaghetti sauce out of it. Anyways. 
And she came to me and said, hey, this is my dinner and said, I'm eating two kinds of pepperonis, this yogurt that has 14 grams protein and um, two pieces, two different types of fruit. Like, is that cool? Mm -hmm. I was like, yep, that's great. One thing I would say here is that we we started and what we found has, has been successful is starting with I mean, as early as you want, honestly, this basic concept of macronutrients and well-balanced meals. Mm -hmm. Because our kids at the age of five recognize that, oh, I haven't had protein today. Now, whether or not that means that they're super excited to have protein is not the case. Yeah. But they recognize and they mm -hmm. understand. And, and that's success right there on this side, on this front. Now, again, the mission of actually nourishing their bodies is a whole different animal, but the the teaching side of it yeah. is super important. The awareness. The actual kitchen, this is another funny thing, right? Because there's no grades here. There's no like first, second, third, fourth, fifth. There is no sliding scale of what grade is my kid in with nutrition, with food, with cooking. There isn't because it's not standardized. Yeah. So this is a great example of like, wow, we're teaching our kids how to nourish their bodies, how to take care of themselves, how to cook food. And we have no structured schedule. And it's kind of the way we approach a lot of academics. Although I do think it is somewhat appropriate to look at the every day because we want them to have the ability to go to college and be well prepared for that if they choose to. Therefore, uh, they would be somewhat conformed. College the or the workplace. Or the workplace. And yeah. either one. So, so um, we want our kids to be prepared for the standardized system when they do enter it. But with this one, there isn't anything. Right. And so, yeah, I, I would say there is some basic like age and maturity for different mechanics mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. One of which is knife skills. Right. Right. I don't have my three-year-old holding a knife right now, but my seven-year-old is time. And last night it was like, you need to cut up your own burger. You, straight up. You have to do it. Well, please. No, no. You are old enough to use a knife and a fork, 100%. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She might cut her finger. As long as, you're not give, you know, as long as you're not giving her like a big old, you know, cleaver and we're going to go to the hospital. It's like, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about like butter knife, cut your burger up or, you know. With a fork, yeah. Or, yeah, steak knife, right? And, and we're teaching our kids how to do stuff, right? Sophia, our 12-year-old, almost 13. Not almost 13. 12 and a half. Anyways. Uh, chopping vegetables. She is at this point in her life well versed with all knives. Pairing all the way to chef knife. Yes. She's good to go. She can cut anything. And that's because we have. Except for a melon. Yeah, we're not giving her the melons just yet. Mm -mm. Um, but uh, I know she, she, she cooked corn last night on the cob and she cut her corn off the cob with a utility knife. Nice. And ate her corn that way. Mm -hmm. I was just like, there you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, so food. Food. Food and nutrition is. What else is it beyond the books? Beyond the books, there's been this really, and I wish I could take credit for this intentionality early on, but it really wasn't me. It was really our family. But this idea of like multi-generational lifestyle and living mm -hmm. and learning. Mm -hmm. So when my dad is in town, he's taking her to lunch every week and they're talking and she's asking him questions. This is where kind of that conversational, I ask you questions, you ask me questions can be learned. Mm -hmm. You know, she's really learning how to like, form relationships with people that aren't just her own peers and that's super cool and she's always been very close with my dad and so it's just a really cool way to encourage that relationship and you know because we homeschool she's also been able to spend one day a week with your mom 
And for years, she's done that. Mm -hmm. She's been able to go over there, help with the other little kids that are there. Your mom's a big gardener. They're baking stuff often. Mm -hmm. Um, They're planning parties for the family. They're doing all this kind of stuff. So our kids have really been able to have relational time extended with our parents, which is really, really cool. And, and that's just going to continue as more family, you know, move in town and as we continue to surround ourselves with folks. So there's ways to look for these sorts of opportunities, right? A lot of ours are kind of now hard and fast. They're happening. They're, they just are the rhythms and routines. But if you don't have these today and you want to infuse some kind of family legacy, some, some you know, kind of graduating your kids in some capacity out of we just play all the time. You can look for ways to do that. One of the ways we, we've done it is by me taking the kids to work with me mm-hmm. on slower days and days where I just need some help cleaning around the office and I give them tasks and, and jobs to do around the office, whether it's cleaning or or you know vacuuming, dusting, this sort of stuff, to moving furniture, to sitting in on a meeting with me. Yeah. And and then I, I take them to lunch or I pay them you know some money or I take them to the store to buy them a toy or something like this afterwards as a reward, as something that they've they've earned. Now, are they walking out of those experiences like, gee, mom, I just came home from dad's office and now I understand the strategy of how we run and operate a corporate event space and looking at this idea of consumer research, I've really got some interesting insights on how to, you know, best approach, you know, the marketing and sales of that operation. It's like, no, they're not coming back talking like that. No. They're coming back saying, Wow, dad's work was fun today, and mm. I got a toy. Yeah, but but someday when they get older, they, they understand that you know, hey, we've got a family business, we've got things that we're working on. They feel more connected and closer to it. When when dad wakes up in the morning and goes to work, they know what's going on there. They know I'm not just leaving them. They know that hey, dad has things to do. He's going to go do those things, and dad gets paid. And he comes home. He does. He brings this money home so we can have these sorts of things. And and man, if I want to get those things, I have this idea of man, I need to go to work. And dad, can I come to the office again? Okay, those are the basics. And as our kids get older, those those same thing as kitchen mechanics mature. Yeah. So do business and family legacy mechanics and or um, uh, concepts. So uh, anything else on Beyond the Books? You know, I think this is where you really lean in as a parent and you say, what am I interested in and what can I pass on to my kids? Or what skill do I not have that I really want them to have? Mm -hmm. And how can I facilitate that learning? So something really cool last year, Sophie took a sewing class at her Mm -hmm. enrichment program. The girls go to a program one day a week and she loved it and she made the cutest little things and it really surprised me. I was like, wow, I didn't realize like you could make such simple little, you know, 3D figures in a sewing class. Mm -hmm. So again, she's taking that next year and it's going to be a more advanced level and she's going to learn quilting and I don't know how to sew and I wish I did and so I really see her loving that it's such a basic thing maybe it's maybe it's being really artistic and um, hiring um, someone who teaches your kids how to watercolor Mm -hmm. or it's like going to a local community class and taking your kids whatever skill or interest you have I think is cool if you can pass that on to your kids so for me you know, it's it's a lot of kitchen stuff. It's a lot of like, hey, I found this really cool farming documentary. Let's go look at it. Or, hey, this really awesome American history thing because that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to pass that stuff on. But just as a parent, do a little like self-analysis and say, 
are there things I'm interested in? Sophie asked you to shoot the crossbow yesterday. Totally. So she's interested. She sees you practicing archery in our backyard all the time. She obviously can't pull back a regular bow, but she can practice with a crossbow. 100%. And shoot the target. <clears throat> and um, obviously all safe and, and we're supervising that event. But whatever you're interested in as a parent, you have full freedom. And I would encourage you to say, um, to, to dive into whatever interests you have. The, the progress update, right? You're, you're going to go through your critical subjects mm-hmm. and, you know, I laid those out. So that's easy, right? <laughs> you might have others that, that are on your list. but And your state might dictate what you have to go over. 100%. So in all, in all, kidding, all kidding aside, you'll, you'll, you'll do a progress update and do this on a regular basis. Stay at that thousand, 10,000 foot view. Don't, don't be in there day to day. Yeah. Go through a couple of weeks and be like, okay, where are we? Mm-hmm. What could we be focusing on better? How could we be leaning? How could we be leaning in more based on what my kid needs? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you do a progress update and you go through your critical subjects. Next thing, go through your beyond the books subjects, and sometimes that's potty training. Yeah. Sometimes that's swimming. Sometimes that, sometimes that's riding a bike. Totally. Sometimes that's you know how are we teaching our kids to invest in their own spiritual growth? Yeah. And and. These are another things that mature and change from kid to kid. I'm not worried about the potty training of my seven, you know, seven-year-old. I'm just not because she's she's good to go, right? But maybe I am worried, interested in her learning how to bathe herself. Mm-hmm. It's like she's getting to that age. It's like turn the shower on, turn the shower off. Here's how you do it. Make sure you have a towel. Don't you know you know get water all over the floor. Yeah. Like hold her accountable to some of these things. <laughs> You know, hey, here's how you scrub your hair. Oh, you didn't do a good job. Here you go. You can do that. like that is a thing that, that can be taught and learned. And, and it's, it, like, as your kid matures, maybe they're ready for it at f- age five. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're ready for it at age nine. Whatever it is, you're, you're, t- you're doing a progress update. We identified recently with our seven-year-old that it was time for her to learn how to swim. And you know what? We tried. We, we were out there. We have a pool in our backyard. So we were, we're trying to work with her. And we ultimately were like, we need to bring in support for this yes so we hired we went out and paid for swim lessons Mm -hmm. exponential growth yeah and guess what the same thing can happen if man we're not seeing the progress in some of our critical subjects from like an academic perspective right we we we're not seeing the reading that we want to see go find a tutor they're out there find a resource something that can help you this progress update is is so important Um, hey potty training are we there yet what can we do is there somebody we can is, is there is there um, a book we can find. Is there a, a little small potty that we can buy that off Amazon that's cheap that's going to make this easier for us because we're just having no success? Um, is there like, do we need to do the pull-ups? Do we need to do like no clothes at all? Mm-hmm. Like what do we need? we got to try things, keep, keep experimenting. Hey, that didn't work. Hey, that didn't work. But we're focused on leaning into a specific, you know, subject or, you know, Anyways, area for growth. Yeah. Um, the next, the, our next topic, our last topic here is, man, ho- asking people not to panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wrote this one down, or I had you write this one down because I was just putting myself in like the headspace of moms or dads, whoever's kind of staying home, whoever's putting on the primary role of homeschooler or just school parent in general. If you're like, hey, I'm the one that the school's calling for this and I'm going to be a parent in the classroom, blah, blah, blah. whoever's taking on that primary role, um, 
know that once the year starts, it doesn't mean that you're continually like you just hit the ground running and you don't stop until June of next year. Mm -hmm. You can pause. You can say, hey, this curriculum was not what I thought it was. Um, I don't like that. And sometimes that's painful because you spend a lot of money on it. I, I know I've been there. I've spent a lot of money on a language arts program that I was like, this is not resonating with mm. my child right now. And you have to just say, oh, yeah, I got to eat that cost. Maybe it'll work for another kid down the line, but I'm just going to have to eat that cost. You can shift and pivot. You can say, hey, um, this math feels like double work because I'm having to relearn the things that I have since forgotten and don't ever use and to teach my kid. And in that moment, I'm feeling frustrated. This is not good. Is there a resource online that I can use? Mm-hmm. I, there is. YouTube videos. Math is Everywhere. probably one of the most highly supported subjects for homeschool parents. Teaching textbooks has you do, uh, you don't do a thing, okay? Mm-hmm. The parent, the teacher does everything. It's mm-hmm. all online. Um, tutors, everything. Okay, so that's the same across the board as all of your critical subjects. I would say just knowing that, hey, I let's go into the school year with excitement, with preparedness Mm -hmm. not saying crazy level of preparedness you know i'm not the like i have everything laminated and i'm actually more like oh it's a week before school yeah let's go ahead and order that curriculum like i'm a little more spontaneous but go in with a level of comfort have conversations with your spouse hey we're about to start school this week there might be some different household rhythms as we get settled into our situation do you mind like Helping with dinner, helping me think through dinners because that's going to be hard. Oh. Or what should I have on hand at lunchtime so that it's not like we're starving and we're trying to do school? Or is there a special snack I can bring for the first week? Just thinking through some of these things and knowing that once you get rolling, you can pause. You can take inventory of how things are going. You can switch. If you're like, hey, we wanted to go into this year in a school situation and we are not liking it you can absolutely pull your kids out mid-year 100 percent. you can absolutely put your kids in school mid-year 100 percent. if that's your case or you can outsource you can co-op or you can do all sorts of things so whatever it is that you're approaching this year approach it with preparedness with give yourself some grace but mm-hmm. also don't wear the martyr hat i'm i'm really kind of sick of like feeling like that personally because i have done that before like oh i'm doing all this stuff and now i'm taking on this new thing in august or september when in actuality yes it's adding on a new level of expectation in the day or weekly basis doing school throughout the year but we do a lot of school in the summer too Mm -hmm. like we're doing a lot of stuff so I'm not going to be a martyr this year. I'm going to resource you and ask you for help whenever I feel like I need to. Even if it's just like, wow, we had a really hard school day. I need a minute, mm-hmm. you know. So just an encouragement to who, whatever parent is taking that primary role. Outstanding. Hey, quick summarization. Looking at your schooling process in a less granular format. So kind of that thousand foot view, not looking at it day by day, not looking at the success of your homeschooling efforts by the day, but by looking at it at the week, looking at it by the month, looking at it by the year, right? Knowing that there is no time boundaries that you have to abide by. There is no, this is the last day of school. Now you can do that if that's how you want to roll. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're just like, if it's for you, like check it out, we get it. Mm-hmm. If you're like, listen, it has to end now, fine. Um, critical subjects, identify those, whether it's for your state, your, your, your area, whatever. But also, know that in the midst of all of that 
there are critical subjects, right? There's like the government, government might say, hey, in your area, these things have to be at this standard. Cool. But as you think about your kid going through life, how do you want them to be best prepared to work, to, to raise a family, to manage, you know, their finances, right? To buy their first house. To engage with media, you know, true. that's a big one. Critical subjects. There's extracurricular beyond the books, right? Extracurricular makes it sound like it's not needed, less important. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm just saying like, there are no standardized like functionality for these subjects. And I, I would almost say that they're like critical all the same. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You, you might want to get into the nutrition game. Mm -hmm. we, we can help you with that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe it's family legacy. And I just wanted to touch on, we talked about don't panic, and that's, that's kind of one of our last points. But this on this extracurricular, this beyond the books, this, this kind of like additional critical subjects that maybe aren't standardized, you may be able to do like a two birds, one stone situation here, wherein you need some extra resources to help you with a subject. So you, you, you reach out to family. Say, hey, hey you know, uh, mom or dad or, or whoever, grandparent, X, Y, Z, can you just walk through these math problems with, with my kid once a week? That's a huge way of, of getting a, a fresh person that is cap potentially more capable at teaching math than you are to also engage with your kid and, and it, it kind of opens up conversation and uh, there's, there's, some, there's some healthy healthy benefits to that. Totally. So progress updates, this is huge. This is the way you kind of can, can ease your own mind. It's okay if you're kind of not where you want to be. And I use that phrasing rather than behind. I don't like that. But if you're not where you where your kid is supposed to be or mm -hmm. you want them to be or you're hoping for them to be or you're expecting them to be. Or you know what they're capable of. That's the way to say it, yeah. If your kid's not performing to what they're currently capable of in a specific you know, subject that's either beyond the kind of standardized books or in these kind of critical subjects, you know, you can decide to lean into those things more often. Hey, I'm not going to do math today. We're only going to do some reading and that's it because you like don't need more math right now. You're like, you know, performing where I want you to be performing. You're good to go. Or maybe it's, oof, let's just pull out like a bunch of cash and quarters and set up a fake shop and have my kids sell things and learn how to make change mm -hmm. because they clearly aren't getting it. Mm -hmm. And I want them to understand finances a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Boom. There you go. Right. Let's focus on that for a couple of days. Yeah. Open the store. All right. What are you selling today? Lemonade. Here you go. Like, oh, well, you got to buy the lemonade. You got to buy the powder. You got, you got this much money left. All right. Now it's time for me to buy something. Right. Boom. Do, 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 the, uh, do the shop. I once heard this really fascinating statistic that said... Um, at I, I believe it was like once a child reaches a certain age if they had never had exposure to formal math training it would take um, like 12 weeks for them to learn everything up and through high school mm -hmm. so it was this concept I'm not suggesting anyone do that by the way because I think you can build each year but it's it's just this reminder that like the totality of the math knowledge you have to have by the time you graduate high school is stretched across 12 years just for repetition sake mm -hmm. and kind of building foundations and to be standardized but that's not to say that like, hey, if you need to hyper speed a particular element of that subject, you can absolutely focus on one subject for two weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely do that. 100%. So it's just kind of an add-in. So progress updates, 
you know, where's your kid behind, you know, not performing where they could be and where they, where are they excelling? And then the don't panic, right? And this, this is, Hey, you're doing your progress updates and you're, you're starting to get overwhelmed. He's like, man, they're not performing in anything. It's like, calm, slow down, pause. What are some things that you could bring into the mix that would help get you back on the track you want to be on? Yeah. Subjects, is it YouTube videos? Is it, uh, made my kids great at reading. So I'm going to buy them books that help them better understand, you know, public speaking or math or writing. Is it that you have put too much pressure on yourself to replicate the school room in your own home? Because a lot of times it might just be your mindset that needs to change. Totally. You know, it could be that, hey, we, like we're going to stretch our school year out longer because I, I want to get more ahead in these certain these certain like areas um, so calm down don't panic and um, know that there's so many options for you mm-hmm. you can you can go you, you could send your kids to a school if that's what you want for them you could you could look into tutors you could look into co-op programs you can look into enlisting family to help support different things and uh, you could buy new different curriculum there are so many options so many stones to overturn before to, to, to turn over before you panic abort mission yeah mm-hmm. anyways with that we hope you have the most outstanding school year possible mm-hmm. i'm excited youtube let's talk about youtube if you're hearing this you need to open up your phone your computer the device that you use to watch youtube go to homegrown underscore education on youtube we're there we'll have just launched our first it's new content. This is not just podcast content. Mm-hmm. We just felt like there wasn't enough things out there to help inspire, educate, and equip people. So we just decided we'd make more of those things. Yeah. So what, what this YouTube channel looks like is, is really just a dive into our life as a suburban family that is striving after these sorts of things mm-hmm. that we just talked about today. Yeah. Including, you know, nutrition, you know, hunting. There's going to be all kinds of different cooking on there or even just days of our life that are either ideal or less than ideal Mm -hmm. it's a whole homegrown you know universe wrapped into one things that joey and i are super passionate about right i can't wait for you to wear a gopro in the woods and take us hunting with you i can't wait to do a full demo of of our basic sourdough Mm -hmm. loaf that thousands of people have baked at this point it's just gonna be so much fun i i'm really excited the youtube channel Go get after that. Subscribe so you can see them and, and make sure that you're there for them as we drop them. They're going to be on Monday evenings. Weekly videos. Monday evenings uh, once a week. So be prepared for that. We're also doing a new thing because, you know, why not? And that's that we want to bring you all into the mix a little bit. We mm-hmm. know that everybody's real food journey is it looks a little bit different and can be inspiring to other people. Totally. So we've been collecting and we are still collecting real food journey kind of podcast interview applications if you will we want to bring people that are in this homegrown community onto the show and have them share their story Mm -hmm. so many people have a story out there and we've been doing we've been doing a a lot of work working really hard to bring experts people that are that are i'm gonna call them category or subject experts onto our show whether it's will harris to talk about farming or it's diana rogers to talk about nutrition or it's it's uh, Maurizio Leo talking about sourdough. We're bringing experts on here to share really high level information. But we also want to start bringing people on the show that have a story to tell. And so if you have not 
signed up to be a part of that, where do people go? So uh, that's a good question. I will link the submission form in the show notes because we sent out an email and we post it on social media. And if you're not on our email list and you're not on social media and you only listen to the podcast, then the show notes is your best bet. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because the timeline is a week away, I'm not going to add a button to our website. Otherwise, that was my other thought. Makes sense. So go to the show notes, find that link and uh, fill out the questionnaire. Hopefully, we'll be seeing you and talking to you soon. Yeah. His and our goods and homeschool curriculum, mm-hmm. all things we have available for you. Mm-hmm. His and our goods, coffee, tea, soap, sponges, stuff to use in your kitchen, in your house on an everyday basis that are clean and I would say appropriately sourced. Yeah. We've got that for you. Go to shoptheh.com, find those sorts of things, get on the real kind of food train here i gotta say i had i was forced to use liquid dish soap for a whole week and i was so excited to come back to our solid dish yeah, soap. once you gotta go to solid lard dish you soap you can't go back it's just better it's, it's just, just better, better. clean it's better at cleaning it's better on your hands there's no weird smells you're not constantly dumping tons of liquid mm-hmm. on the rack it's just it's so much better i like it i do like it so it, much better um also as you're going into your homeschool year We've got homeschool curriculum mm-hmm. that is focused on nutrition. Real food and farming. We have the early elementary workbook, which is perfect for like anywhere from pre-K vibe up to uh, second grade. And so um, that's got your your like handwriting, some mm-hmm. math stuff. We talk about um, farming. We talk about wild game versus domesticated livestock. It's just a great little intro. Really pretty. I hired a watercolor artist to illustrate that entire book. It was stunning. And then first one of the more um, upper classmen, <laughs> the third through sixth graders, uh, we have a really, really in-depth um, workbook on nutrition. This does break down macros and raw dairy mm-hmm. and organic farming and GMOs. And if those are things that you're having conversations with your kid about and you're like, ooh, I don't know how to explain this, utilize the resources. We have those yeah. both available for a PDF download. You can print each lesson as you need. They're $24, super cheap when it comes to homeschool curriculum. And um, we poured our hearts out into them. So we're really excited. Honorable mention. If you want really awesome pictures to hang on your wall, like Lily. Oh, Eagle Knoll Farms. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. What's the website? I will link it in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure it's just Eagle Knoll. Outstanding stuff. We have two Mm -hmm. of these, actually, because I guess we just are obsessed with cows. They got horses. They got all kinds of stuff. They have amazing... Here's the thing. They're like a regenerative small farm in Minnesota. And also Amanda, who helps run the farm, is a stunning photographer. Mm. So it's like the best of both worlds. Anyways, uh, huge fan of Eagle Knoll. Go go check out their stuff and get some awesome stuff. Hang on yeah, we'll all. link more uh, info in the description. And uh, until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>